Coming to you from the Golden State, this is the Art for Everyone podcast. Bringing art back to the people, one episode at a time. And bringing you compelling guest interviews with inspirational artists. And now your hosts, professional artist and owner of Carini Arts, Michael Carini, and real estate guru, Vinny Enriquez. Hi, everyone. The Art for Everyone podcast, where we have uh, an artist that knows stuff about art and a guy that's taking an adventure of learning more and more as the weeks go on. And we bring always a guest, one of Michael's friends, uh, every week through. Today, we have Lana. Michael, you want to take it away Thanks. with Lana? So welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, Vinny said he's learning along this journey, but I'm learning too, and hopefully our guests are learning with us. Our show wouldn't be possible without our sponsors, so I want to say thank you to, well, first and foremost, I want to say thank you to the Enriquez Group. We don't mention Vinny's business enough, but if you're looking for real estate in Southern California, check him out. Check out Carini Arts, the finest art in America's finest city. Also, Canvi, it's my favorite staging app. You can try it 30 days for free at canvi.com backslash Carini. And then Edelman Fine Art in Little Italy. That is my home base gallery. So check them out. But today we have a very unique guest. We have Lana Chromium. Now, Lana and I have known each other for a little while. And I have watched her over the years do some incredible things with body painting, with makeup art, special effects. She won first place on the second season of Skin Wars and also just, uh, I think, took a top prize on something for Disney+. Plus. So, Lana, let me go ahead and let you introduce yourself. <laughs> Hi, guys. Thank you so much for inviting me to your podcast. Um, I'm just San Diego-based artist and body painter. I work a lot in LA. I do special effects, body painting, and fine art as well on the canvas. A little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love uh, doing body painting. I love uh, turning people into different fantasy creatures or anything what imagination allowed to. Um, so, yeah, I know Michael for some time. And uh, I also follow his work and uh, I love uh, abstract work he does. I never did abstract painting. So for me, it's completely in our world. Uh, very interesting to watch. <laughs> well, what, so, you are not just a body, like you are the one of the body painters. You have done some of these incredible works on people. Like the things you do in terms of body art are very different. Like I've done a little body painting myself. I throw paint on people. It's very abstract, very loose, kind of just fun and expressive. But what you do is absolutely magical and you are just next level with the body painting. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you made me blush. <laughs> I mean, Michael, I don't know if you can put your body paint in the same thing. At least what I saw on Instagram of Lana's, you're do there's a lot more sexuality in your body painting than I think Lana's, at least on her Instagram. Well, no, there's there's really no sexuality to my body painting. My body painting is just expressive and for fun. Well, I think how you I think how you you meant it because we've we've had this conversation so many times, right? Where you're you don't have you don't do it in a sexual way, right? But I think the canvases that you have, right, have a, a, a sexual persona to them, right? So I think the artist can take a sexuality with it. Where I least looked on, on Lana's Instagram, and I don't really think there's that, like, maybe because it's a full body and it's like the final picture of how it is. But it didn't really, I didn't get any of the vibe of sexuality off of that stuff. 
No, and you kind of hit on a couple things there. So, I mean, I have done the technique that I've used because I wanted to get into body painting a yeah. little bit more because it is such a unique area. There's not a lot of people in that realm, I don't think. Yeah. And Lana's one of like the elite of the elite. But uh, I was never thinking I was going to be as good as Lana. So I was <laughs> just knowing, I'm like, hey, oh I just want to put some paint on people. But I've painted on men. I've painted on women. And I think that sometimes just because it's a guy, in my case, it's a guy and maybe the nature of it, it is sometimes perceived that way. Like I actually got flagged again yesterday for one of my body painting shoots, even though it shows very little skin, it shows less skin than you would see on a guy or a girl at the beach. Uh, but Lana's is definitely a different realm. It's very uh, fantasy oriented and uh, I mean, just magnificent creatures that she can create and it's head to toe and it is full coverage. But uh, I also saw, Lana, that you do uh, some body painting lessons that are like a couple's thing that are supposed to be a romantic experience type of thing. Yes, uh, body painting and sexuality, I think it's one of the topics that uh, it's all up to viewer probably, unless, yeah, artists pursuing some specific um, theme. Um, when I started doing body painting professionally, probably after we... Michael, remember we worked together and we met, it probably was around, I don't know, um, 2014. Uh, my goal was, uh, I don't know, like as a, I wasn't beginner body painter at this moment, but I wanted, I had a kind of art artistic goal in my mind that I wanted to show body art from a, People always, like you're saying, people asking, like, what do you do with you're saying body art? And they're like, oh, naked people. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I want to pursue my art that people looking at my artwork painted on people that they will forget that it's actually on a naked body. So I always um, try to put, like, many details and make very intricate artwork so people not pay attention on the like size of the model or contour of the body more just taking it whole like a whole concept perceiving it more like a creature or beautiful artwork uh it's not like i wanted to completely kill all sexuality in this but i never was my kind of a goal to embrace it unless i don't know like some people some of my clients they want to have like a boudoir shoots Mm -hmm. or some photographers hire and like I even work like for a playboy party and I know like uh, there is a sexuality involved in this but I think it's all um, up to the viewer yes and uh, I always wanted to show body art more like a fine art body art because you know like yeah yes it's a very many ways body artists could be like splashes of paint a little bit like across the chest or on a stomach you can take photograph and it could be very beautiful and very sensual and everything. Um, I can do that, but I always challenging myself to take it kind of on another level when you're like trying to look deep into artwork and understand like why it's painted. Maybe it's a self-expression of the person. Uh, so about uh, classes, Michael, you mentioned, yeah, um, right before pandemic, uh, probably like, yeah, a few years ago, I started doing offline uh, classes for couples. Uh, and I love uh, variation of body art when 
are people you artists using uv paints this uv paints are glowing uh under yeah. black light so i thought it's very very magical effect like i mean when you're in a room completely dark and you can paint with paint what is glowing i think what could be more i don't know you feel like a kid probably again you can play with this paint you can splash and i thought i can create classes when couples can connect uh maybe there is definitely sexuality involved in this now i'm doing these classes online um i maybe will do some offline uh, next like yeah valentine's day but i also find out that sometimes you don't even want to like witness or interrupt uh people's self-expression so i gave in gave i'm giving them a guide how to paint on each other what to paint step by step uh but now it's a private classes they just um following a like a structured class uh but i'm not even the present or on the video with them because um i did a group group classes it was a lot of fun but i think to find a deeper connection with your loved one and maybe set up like a date you know with glowing paints um yeah many people i got very good response for these classes because people find a new fun some people who never painted before especially guys like some engineers or scientists and they're like oh my god i never thought i can draw like a stick figure but because it's very easy to follow class and they're like oh it was so much fun we're writing words on each other like expressing how we love each other uh, and there is a difference in sexuality in this and uh but not only i think it's mostly human connection and your connection to create something yeah and it definitely opens people up to exploring because a lot of times people that aren't experienced in the arts may be hesitant to so you kind of take them out of the usual atmosphere and put this new atmosphere and with body art it's such a different thing it could be just taking your hands and putting it on your partner type of thing so yeah it definitely can be very romantic but it can also be very much in the realm of fine art which you mentioned and yours the level of detail the intricacy it is absolutely amazing because not only do you basically cover people head to toe like every square inch but a lot of times the costume work and the setting that you put them in it's really a magical experience that you're creating with this uh, i mean it sometimes looks in many cases like you are actually looking at a painting and then you step back and look at the context of it and you realize oh no that's a person that's painted there that's an actual <laughs> person right there that's not a it's a painting on a person but it's not you're not looking at a painting on a canvas yeah but it's also my art form i think it's a one of the art form that you need to easily let it go i don't already i don't cry over people washing off my art anymore usually my clients after like i don't want to wash it off that's so. true because you probably spend so much time putting that on them and then unlike a painting where it's like okay you know this is going to be here forever I, I hadn't really even thought about that. Like with all the time that you put into that, it's like, oh, it may be only there for a few hours. It's so fleeting. Yeah. So what's the final, is the final project, product, is it a a picture of the experience? Is it? Oh, video. Pictures or videos. Oh, I even worked with VR. We did the VR experience when people painted, um, body painted. Gotcha. Okay. So it, it basically the, the, the quote unquote climax is basically just a, a picture that you take home with you. Besides the experience that you have at the time, um, no, 
like body paintings have very many varieties of uh, what you can do. If I work with productions, like big productions, it's usually, it could be advertisement involved uh, painting. They can record painting process. Um, it could be process of creation or it could be final product depends what we're looking for if it needs to be like a logo of a company for example painted it's a one thing if it's like for example camera doing an ad about new camera and they want to show how colors are very bright and uh process is interesting they filming uh body painting process as well uh if it's a private client um also different if people go into events I paint them and we're going to event and many people see it again. It's in up on social media and their profiles. Uh, I usually take final photos as well, or some clients, they, um, they want to, they're going through some challenging uh, stages of life or they just want to celebrate their body and uh, they hire me to paint them. Uh, we decide what it will be and final it would be uh, yes very beautiful photo in a studio or photos and videos so because michael and, and most of the artists that we have on here i, I assume most i guess I mean, every, there's a lot of artists and we've talked about a lot of stuff but they folk they'll paint or do stuff when they're they feel it they can feel it right for you you go okay we got a one o'clock appointment I better fill it at one o'clock. So do you have like a prep work to get you going, get you excited to, or is it music or is what, what does that look like? I, I don't know how I was made. I don't know, but I never need that. Like I can paint in a, like any time. Okay. So it's just basically I, spot. I Go only for. think what I don't like to, um, not like I don't like, not my preference i don't like to repeat designs what i like about body painting you can always paint something new especially everybody's body is different and every time probably my projects they have new idea behind and i really like it i don't like to repeat designs um besides that like yeah i don't know if you will tell me like paint right now i will do like i mean not because i need to paint it's just i kind of so far have almost like endless inspiration um i don't know maybe i still like i don't know how it works like michael what's what about you like as an artist is it of oh, sure we all have like a down days but if you will give me uh, <laughs> like a body and brushes i would paint it's still it's such a like when i painted on the canvas uh before i started doing body painting or i started painting on the people i realized when i become more adult painting for an artist, if you've been artist all your life, I realized that it's more like a meditation. Meditation or just such a natural process that you enjoy. It's but, like, a, why wouldn't you... Um, but like Michael's talked about it where the pain, where he's had pain, like where his crash or things like that, right? He's able to paint more pieces. It, it gives him that ability to put it... And he's, again, talked about it where there's times where he has lulls in his paintings, right? So it's not like, hey... Michael, it's two o'clock, go paint. I know he's really structure oriented. He's probably one of the more structured oriented uh, artists, right? That we've we've had on here. But you also have a, hey, it's two o'clock. You got to paint right now. I don't know necessarily if that's Michael's forte. Well, no, so um, I very much am in line with Lana's mode of thinking here. And I think that it comes down to that professional mentality of 
this is how I make my living. This is who I am. Like I am always ready to create when mm -hmm. I mention lulls for me, it's more like a lull of, Oh, I'm out of space or I'm out of resources. Like that's what I'm battling right now. I'm mm -hmm. battling limited supplies, limited, but like, I have this endless abundance of creative ideas. So I can absolutely uh, relate to Lana on that. I can, you know, if you tell me I got an appointment here or I've got an event here, I can be there. Boom. Like I'm ready to go. It's not like, Oh, you know, I'm not feeling it today type of thing. But Lana also mentioned something very interesting because I've always described painting as a process of, of, of like a dance. It's my canvas is like my dance partner of sorts or a romantic partner. It's like a relationship. But with Lana, it's even one step further because she just pointed out that her canvas varies every single time. And I talk about how you have your partner and you want your partner to have a voice. But in Lana's case with her medium, her canvas literally has a voice. So it really is a back and forth even more so than it is with fine art painting or painting on a canvas, which is really interesting. Uh, yes. At uh, the same time, uh, voice, can you explain what you mean by voice? Like, I mean, is it a different shape or a person really like talking to me? <laughs> so like for me, like when I talk about it with the fine art painting and the canvas having a voice, like basically I'll, I'll make a stroke on a painting mm -hmm. and then I may have an idea of where I think the painting should go, but I kind of step back and I try to listen to the painting. Like if the mm -hmm. painting starts to tell me like, no, you know, you wanted to go here, but I want to go this way. I try to listen to the painting. So it's like a back and a forth type of relationship. And with you, it, it's a literal back and forth because you're painting on a living, breathing canvas. And somebody may say, oh, I really like this. Can you do more of this? Or can you do less of this? Or can we go? So it's kind of like a, a ebb and a flow to it. Like you're working off of each other. Um, a little bit not. <laughs> like I would say um, when you're looking at the body of a person, uh, when you're going around the curves and you're painting, yes. But um, people usually, like I don't know how people um, imagine body painting. Uh, body painting is pretty relaxing for people. People like always like, I probably will fall asleep because it feels like massage, but by brushes, I don't know, because like, or airbrush. Uh, people do not uh, asking me, oh, I like this, add this. It's probably maybe like very picky clients a few years ago, but not. People usually uh, very understanding their canvas and they just enjoying the process uh, and trying to let it go. Some people, they're... Um, how to say, I know they're watching, like, you know, like yeah, when I painting, they can see everything, but they're trying to watch. Uh, some people not even watching, they patiently waiting after time is done and they can see themselves in the mirror. But I think because um, I don't know how to explain it on a, on a way of a human way, but probably because bodies are different. Like imagine your brush stroke, but your canvas is flat and I probably will be will get more like, oh, what are I gonna paint if I will just paint on a normal canvas? When I paint in on a human, I kind of feel a little bit of the personality. You feel like a color of the eyes. I don't know, like you applying brush stroke and you know, like on a canvas, maybe you will stop, but like a, when people have a, a human forms, have a shapes and everything, you kind of continue. It's more, I think, 
3D painting, almost like if you will paint the statue, uh, I found it completely even different. Like, I don't know, like I would, I would say yes, like with canvas maybe sometimes, because you applying it to same uh, flat surface, you maybe sometimes will feel like, oh, I don't know what I'm gonna paint this time. With body art, it feels like if I will paint at the festival and people will be nonstop coming to my booth and get painted, and they're saying, for example, dragon, or like, I want a like, purple color or anything. My brain is just like, I love it. Like you can almost gra grasp on any topic or any inspiration or people just like, oh, I love your style, like do whatever. And you just, you just feel it and do it. I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's hard to explain. Maybe Michael felt it if you already did a little bit of the body painting, but it's my explanation. I know everybody's different. Some body painters were like plan their work uh, and they need to practice before. I think it's more of a, art flow for every artist is different. And it seems like body painting is getting to be a more popular thing. You were on the show Skin Wars. You recently did something with Disney. You, you've done some big stuff. You've been a guest on a show. Uh, I believe it's on uh, Hulu and Netflix. Can you tell us more about some of the production stuff that you've done and some of the shows that you've been working with? Um, I did uh, uh, skin. Uh, I was a winner of Skin Wars second season. Uh, it was filmed for GSN channel um, in 2016. And uh, after, ah, uh? what channel? GSN Game Show Network. Okay. Um, and our second season was the most watchable out of all um, um, channel history. I think they said like the most highest ratings, and. Uh, it was so good that they translated this show to 15 languages. Um, they distributed all around the world, except Russia. <laughs> I'm Russian and I'm like, my mom still never watched it in Russian. Oh. But <laughs> And uh, uh, they also, after, distributed to Netflix and Hulu. So all these years, um, I think now it's still on Hulu. They, uh, I don't know, maybe rights are finished and they removed from Netflix last year. I don't know, I need to check, maybe it's back again. But it was oh, almost probably since 2017 to nowadays, it was on Hulu and Netflix. It was a nine episodes and it was a very cool show. I, <laughs> when I went on the show, I didn't watch the first season, uh, but after I watched all three and it was pretty cool. Like, I think like I liked Face, face Off watching before when I just moved to America. And uh, I think Skin Wars very interesting because it's, uh, it's a new art form and people love to see how people can, how interpretation of the same topic, for example, but by different artists. So um, after Skin Wars was done, production was month and a half and probably took six months to release it. Um, they filmed another show that is, was a different format, not like, um, Skin Wars was like a 12 contestants and every episode, somebody going home. So uh, they, the same producers, they did another show. It's called um, Fresh Paint. And then it was already uh, body painters. We are from different seasons. We came back and on camera, we've been teaching very well-known artists, but artists in a different art form who never tried body painting. And it was a different format. It was um, every episode, it's uh, new people. So 
Uh, this show aired probably in 2018 or 19. It was very cool too, because you can see what, uh, like artists who I met in the show, I met one airbrush artist like um, Drew Blair. If you Google his work, it's like, you're looking, it's like looking at the picture, how like realistic, but he does it with airbrush. And you can see how sometimes like it, it's working out. For example, for people, if they're if they, they like very famous artists already, but some people can apply it on human form, somebody not. And it's like interesting to watch because some people usually trying to apply like yeah, their old technique and tricks and it's probably not going to work because body art, it's kind of its own paints and everything. Um, so this was about fresh paint and uh, Disney Plus was a few years ago. Um, I got invited to participate in a contest. It was a Halloween contest uh, by Disney Plus. Uh, they did a concert at uh, Hollywood Cemetery. Uh, it was live on stage, but they recorded, and now it's in uh, Disney Plus. It was, uh, you know, Hocus Pocus movie. Yeah. Yeah. So it was organized by the director uh, of Hocus Pocus. It was 25th anniversary, and uh, I painted body painting illusion. Uh, so my model looked like a spider, and she, she amazing model. Uh, she's from San Diego. I want to give her shout out, Kasana. Um, she did backflip. She was painted like a spider. She did a backflip. So she's completely was kind of upside down half of her body. And she walked like this on the stage as a spider. So all judges freaked out. They gave us almost instantly, I think, uh, first place. So it was very nice. Um, very cool. So it sounds like for aspiring artists, artists that want to do this for a living, but they're not really sure what they want to do or where they want to go. It sounds like there are new opportunities opening up and opportunities in places like Hollywood with uh, special effects, with uh, scenic art, stuff like that. It seems like there's a more and more doors opening for artists of untraditional or uh, less common mediums like body painting. Um, I know when you're working for um, I do special effects. I work for independent con contractors. Like, I mean, for productions who is not in a union because I'm not in a union right now. Um, I know when you're talking about working, for example, if you do, if you want to be a um, special effects artist for movies like yeah, Avatar or something like this, they all work out of union. So you need to be probably not, you still can be self-employed, but you need to be part of the um, makeup uh, union guild. So okay. I cannot say in details about it, but I know um, in a union, it's what you do. You need to, I think you need to pay specific amount every month, like a fee, like a few thousand dollars. And uh, they put you on a list, on a call list for productions. I chose a little bit different uh, path. I started from a, body painting and I start learning special effects, special effects and body painting, how I would describe a difference to just uh, people who never researched that. It, special effects, it's involved uh, 3D prosthetics applications, all the silicone horns, uh, 
injuries or something like this uh, or something uh, fantasy you can do you can paint 3d even using a body paint you don't need always to apply 3d special effects uh, but for movies and for some more realistic uh, you do so um, I think people who want to start a career um, when I was in the beginning of mine I thought I will go to school for it uh, but after my career unfolded that like I got invited to a show um, and uh, they gave me a very good promotion and I started doing the classes already at big conventions and makeup conventions. I did uh, teach at IMAT uh, in LA, New York, and I kind of, I think, got this shortcut <laughs> to the industry, but I would tell people can have a shortcuts. Here's my example. You don't need probably all the time need to go to school um, for that. You can start like a self-taught artist and just keep upgrading your skills or learning new stuff. Are you difficult to watch uh, sci-fi movies with? Because like you can tell all the prosthetics and the pain and you're like, oh, that right there. You see right there? That was drawn <laughs> on. You could totally tell by the lines on the outside. Yes, uh, now I think it's lots of special effects also. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, for example, this year I worked on a movie. Uh, I did special effects for Underwater uh, short film. Mm. Uh, I painted mermaids. Uh, I created Waste Up and their tails was completely made in a CG. Mm. And uh, so they applying CG as possible because sometimes CG now could be even... Um, cheaper <laughs> if it's like uh compared to applying the real prosthetics because uh doing special effects it's not a cheap process like uh with little pieces of silicon they cost from starting like from 200 and up and uh, when you're watching movies you now probably see a lot of um, you know like computer generated but I'm trying always to spot like what's real, what's not. When you're watching, especially older movies, they've all been done like yeah, really <laughs> special effects and uh, dolls or robots or whatever, how they did this uh, like fantasy stuff. But it's interesting to do. I still, I'm, I don't like to do, I don't like to watch like a scary, scary stuff when it's blood and wounds. I can do it in special effects for clients, but I don't like movies like this. So my husband is always like, you do that, you need to just know it's all special effects, but I'm an artist, I'm like very visual. I don't want to like wake up in the middle of the night <laughs> thinking about blood and gore. Horror movies. <laughs> I know, like I, I don't watch them anymore. I don't know, like yeah, I, I did it when I was a teenager, but now my imagination, I think, too easy to implement this scary stuff into my imagination by just seeing it. So, yeah. That's so true for artists uh, because we are dreamers and we are so visual that I think it's easier to sometimes put images in our heads a little bit. Yeah, it's like, how I can unsee this? <laughs> yeah. But one of the other things that you just mentioned is you mentioned uh, the computer graphics, CGI. And that kind of made me think, because I hadn't thought of this before, but Vinny, we've talked before about AI art and how fine artists feel about AI. But it just got me thinking because of what she said with like the mermaid tale. Is AI a threat, do you feel, to artists such as yourself that do body painting and 
special effects graphics? Um, personally, I think not. Like, I'm not uh, taking AI as a um, villain or I would go against it. For me, I love to learn new stuff. I'm really interested in AI. I probably can like chat about it and uh, long chat. If you know something, tell me. I want to know everything. I'm using a little bit of AI right now as much as I can. Um, I didn't went deep, uh, but I think it's interesting. I don't know, like people saying this will take uh, jobs from us and uh, maybe it will, maybe it not. Maybe we, I hope humanity we can just use everything like a tool and make it just our life easier like um as an artist for example creating sketches uh not everybody like for example like i was i never struggled much to like come up with new concepts but i know for some people it's harder maybe you have not much time you have a deadline why not to implement ai uh I think if somebody, people before would take and steal somebody's work and put as their portfolio, this is much worse compared to uh, you have an idea and you need some kind of uh, visualization of this. This is probably even for people who is not artistic enough or not like doesn't have a, you know, many people saying like, I can imagine many things. I would paint like this and that, but I have here is the picture, but I cannot put it on the canvas anyhow. Like, I mean, I cannot. That's it. These people can use this AI and uh, create something and get it out of their heads. It's just all creative stuff. I think more when we using stuff like this and implement it almost in everyday life, like our kids maybe can use it. And uh, it just make us all more creative. Yeah, because people were saying the same thing about digital art when digital art first started. And uh, people were accused of cheating back in the day uh, for using projectors and things like that. But if you look at art history, back in the Renaissance period, they had a method for projecting images and stuff, too. So the tools have always been around. It's just the, the means and the, the manner in which they are utilized, I think. You're funny. You mentioned, but I probably um, I used a few times projection projector in my work uh i don't even remember for mural or something and uh i feel bad using it like uh i feel like it's a cheating or tricking and another side my brain is understands like why everybody like now i now like people are filming so much process or like mm -hmm. uh, reels on instagram or tiktoks almost everybody doing it people just trying to find shortcuts to i mean how it's how how much fun to really transfer your idea to canvas like i mean unless you're really sketching straight to the um canvas i'm talking about canvas because i don't use this in body art and i cannot apply it to but if you already have a sketch and you want to just enlarge it on the canvas it's kind of logically it's totally fine to take it and put it using a projector but it's so implemented in our brain like I grew up even in a different country and I feel ashamed of using projector still. So these days I have projector and never use it almost because well, of this. And uh, probably it's all supposed to go. It's just, uh, I mean, we should use whatever we want <laughs> without any judgment. Like uh, if it's a graphics, as a graphic designer, um, 
when me and Michael met, like uh, um, I used to work as a graphic designer. And now, for example, I'm using a Canva. You know Canva, right? Yeah. Website. And as a graphic designer, it's like the best thing ever. It's like, of course, you can use a Photoshop. You can do it more fancy way. I know how to do it in other programs. But sometimes it's nice to have a shortcut and do it like efficient way. You can spend more time on creativity uh, and kind of save time on kind of, um, I don't know, preparation or to enlarging something or I don't know. Well, I, I think it's, I think Michael, because I don't think we've talked, we've talked about AI, but I think the idea, like, you know how they have the songs, right? Uh, make me a, a Johnny Cash song sung by Tupac and then I'll push out like a, uh, artificially made song, right, with them singing. But it might be a point in time, right, where you're going to say, hey, here's, make me basically a, a piece of artwork by Michael Carini, but make it in a, a, a happy manner. Right? Well, I mean, if I get paid for it, I don't really care, you know. But, that, but, that's, the money. but that's the music industry right now. They're, that's what they're trying to fight for, right? Because there's songs out there right now that, like, it went viral was last year, that one song, uh, and they're fighting for it, saying, they, hey, that, I never made that song. It was a computer that put it up. I yeah. think act actors, probably, and singers, it's completely different. Because, um, I don't know, like, I I see, like, I know actors don't want to be replicated by AI. And I completely understand it. Um, I don't want anybody have a podcast with my AI character instead of me, for example. Well, well Bruce Willis sold his rights. So he's basically, he can be in movies. I know, yeah. but he's, he's also struggling with lots of that, illnesses right he, now. It's probably a good way for him to do it. Exactly. Um, so he was ahead, he was ahead of his curve, right? Like where he was he was basically okay. I know I can't make art, uh, make movies anymore, but you can use my my likeness, my thing, blah blah for that. And so it's going to be one of those things. And, and I think it's harder for you, Lana, right? Where unless you have like some kind of spray tan machine that AI is basically. <laughs> can shoot on people but that'd be even if you're talking about ai right now like uh, if you in a mid journey will ask ai to create body painting mm -hmm. you will get notice that you're asking about an appropriate stuff going against their rules so body painting i don't know it will take a minute because now like instagram how michael you said instagram banning bend your body art uh, believe me, you're not only one, like, yeah, all social media platforms right now, everything what involved, I don't know what, like, I'm posting a video sometimes, like, only showing right here, <laughs> and it's will ban. And you know, she's she's pointing up the, the, the collarbone, guys, if you're... Uh, yeah, like, like, a color, like, I mean, it could be close up to the cheek, okay, uh, like, I mean, on my face, and... For some reason, maybe because it's attached to my account, it can do that. It's unpredictable. They probably use AI to identify some stuff. Yeah. You cannot ask AI right now to create body paintings. It will, it will not do it because it's think you're asking uh, to create like something on a nude body. Um, but maybe not body paint, but they have like the filters, right? Where you can do a filter. I know it's different. I know it's totally a totally different thing, right? But they have the filters where you could basically like. I did a filter joking around my wife, like on Snapchat, where it was like pretending you have Botox like that. It's like crazy how real it kind of looks. It, it, I look really bad with a lot of Botox, but I mean, there's probably <laughs> filters and things like that that it gives the perception that you had the body art, I guess, but not the actual experience of it. 
Uh, yeah, I think it depends. Like, I also, uh, do you know Grimes, uh, singer? Yeah. Uh, she's, she said that uh, she's okay with AI using her voice and everything. I think it's, yeah, it's very, like, if if AI would be using, create something in Lana Chromium art style, I think I would be like, oh, wow, I want to see what it's going to create. But it's not going to create what I created anyway. Uh, and I think people understand it. Uh, I don't know how far it will go. And it's, of course, it can go dangerous direction. It can go not dangerous direction. It's all up to people and how they want to trick the system. Um, if somebody want to like inspiration by somebody's art, they can open Michael's painting and paint a copy of it too and sell it. Nobody will stop them. And people did it even before AI. Um, I don't know. This is the uh, actors and singers. I would feel differently about artists. Um, if you're not created, still not yours. I think it really comes down to consent and ethical uses because yeah. Bruce Willis giving consent and saying, yes, you can do this. Like, that's one thing. And like, Lana, if they were to say, okay, you know, we want you to sign this contract and then we're going to take uh, like 50 of your pieces that we have images of and we're going to put them into a system and we're going to give you a royalties fee or give you some money for every time that it's used. That's a very different thing than what we kind of saw with some of these programs where we were seeing artist signatures jumbled up and spit out and regurgitated. So you could tell that all these artists had their work utilized without their consent. And I think that that's kind of where we get into that gray area. Yeah, it's all will be probably up to human. <laughs> what, what way is it going to use it? Yeah. I mean, the cost of the painting, I mean, because, because I mean, like you said, right, there's going to be, you can, can buy a Karini AI art, right? But it's going to be probably cheaper, right? But if you want the real thing, just like I think, I mean, restaurants, you're probably going to have basically, quote unquote, robots, right, that are going to be serving you. But then there's also going to be the mom and pop restaurant that still serves you. You might pay a little more for that one, but you get that human on human touch. So it's a little bit different, but it's going to be a norm no matter how long it takes to be there. Well, and that also kind of likens to the conversation of original art versus canvas print and stuff, because I do have my work licensed by a number of companies. And so sometimes when somebody purchases one, like this week, somebody contacted me and said, hey, I really like this piece of yours. Do you have prints of it? And I said, well, I don't, but this other site sells them. So they happened to come to me. So I knew that they were going to order one of these prints, but they could have just Googled and found it and purchased it from them. Now I get a royalty off that, but mm -hmm. it's a very small royalty because the person even asked me, they said, well, I kind of feel bad buying it from their site as opposed to buying it directly from you because how much do you get off of it? Mm -hmm. And they were like, because it's priced so much lower than your stuff and even your prints. And I said, yeah, because they kind of produce things more in bulk and they're more equipped and set up to mass produce stuff. And even at that lower amount, I only get 5% of that. So as opposed to me, you know, making a couple hundred bucks off a print, I may only make five bucks off that. But, you know, five bucks is better than nothing. But, um, you know, like we were talking about AI art and we were talking about filters, but that kind of like we we're talking about the slippery slope and how really everything is just a, a step further going back to digital art and whatnot. And so also with this conversation, you have your canvas prints and then you have your original art. So 
I think that we're really opening up new doors and new opportunities for artists. So it can certainly be good. It's just a matter of figuring out how to use it. And sometimes it takes a minute to figure these things out because Lana, with what you do, it is kind of like a, Hey, we're going to do this appointment. We're going to do this experience. This is what it costs. Cause it's not like you're putting something up on a wall and people can purchase it and take it home. They're, paying for the experience or for that you know um, not all this because um i told you like body art you cannot put it in a box because so many variations like people always like what do you do and i'm like i can name 30 different variations of scenarios probably of my work maybe even more um for example i did i paint uh one family i'm now friends with them very good friends um uh, it was family of four, mom, dad, and two kids. And uh, I don't know how much they really rely on experiences. They wanted huge print in their living room. When uh, I painted them, they were all sitting, sitting back, uh, and I painted on their backs. And probably it was printed as a, like, no bigger than the canvas behind me. It's like almost as huge as a wall on metal print. And they still have it, and they're showing it to everybody. So I wouldn't say... I don't know if they even remember experience and it probably was a short experience and they've been sitting back but, to me. <laughs> but I think, but, I think what Michael's getting at is, is the, the experience is going to be harder to replicate for AI going to the future, even though you don't, not everyone goes to you for the experience, but the experience, I mean, that's, that's, the, I mean, even in my industry, right. That's the key, key word. How's the experience of the process, right? You could use, these apps, or you can do that way. You can use Redfin or whatever, but you're, what kind of experience are you getting, right? The experience is going to be basically what you're selling the farther technology comes. Uh, well, I yes. Mean, um, yeah, the, the soul that we can bring to it that AI yeah. can. Yeah. I think it's almost in every profession. Like, I mean, even a graphic designer, some people would, I can go and use a Canva, for example, because I'm like a graphic designer in the past. Some people would say like, I don't need any, don't even show me this website. I want to sit with a person and talk what I want on my website or something. Yeah. I think personal experience, it's always, especially when people uh, uh, for work or for pleasure, maybe it's how people even choosing their body painter. Maybe they also look at personality. I don't know. I never thought that deep about it. But yeah, it's all it's all experience. I think even even somebody painting a canvas, like Michael would paint or I would paint, it would be completely different emotions. Even when people go in, like for Michael, your profile, for example, and you have your own style, uh, people feel it. I think paintings, it's all about. It's just you you get it. It's triggering you. You liking it or not? How many artists you like? They paint beautifully, but for you, it's like beautifully but you have no connection i think yeah. uh, it's always this kind of human connection even through the internet for example people do not see next to you while you're painting this painting but it's still people feel it somehow looking at your canvas still connected it's why people buy still art yeah i like to feel the soul in it because I, there are artists out there that are just masterfully technical they can just you say something like you would to AI and they can put that on a canvas and it looks real. It looks more real than a picture that you would take with a camera. But sometimes you can have that technical aspect, but it may 
not have that soul. It may not have that feeling. And that's what it's always been about for me is that feeling, that soul, that connection. Yeah. Now, I do want to kind of dive into, because I think that we probably have some people listening that are thinking, you know, I've always liked the idea of body painting, or they may be makeup artists, and they're trying to think of, oh, well, what could I do to make a living doing this? And you mentioned that there are kind of like 30 different ways that you can market and sell what you do because it's not really in a box. But what are some of the things some people listening that are like, oh, I love her work. I want to maybe move into the realm of doing stuff like that. I want to make a living doing that. What are some things that people can do? How can they monetize that to make a living doing this? Uh, it's it's hard to do to to say monetizing ways. I'm more talking about variations of uh, how you produce body art for different types of entertainment or costumes or um, maybe yes. If I will if I tell like thirty ways of you can do body art for uh, pregnant woman maternity body art, you can do body art for the shoots, voodoo art body art for the shoots. You can do underwater. Body, pain, uh, body painting for underwear photo shoots. It's what I spe specializing in, and I really love. Um, you can paint family for Halloween. You can paint family for Comic Con. You can uh, um, create What's a memory, that? paint on their family, and they uh, print it as a canvas, like I told you. Um, it could be a performer who performing at the festival and I paint and this performance painting, uh, um, dancing on the stage. Uh, it could be a live body painting at art gallery opening, or it could be at any art show. I many times did the live body painting to, um, at different art walks and on stages. I think people love uh, watching the process when it's uh, yeah. art born in front of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I got invited like many times doing it, and I think it, it's it's harder because like it's it should should be also performance. It's not like you zoning out and paint in your studio or production. Yeah, you need to, uh, be on a stage and perform. Um, it's a many variation. I think like yeah, if you will go to my website, you will see in my services like yeah, what kind of body art even exists. Um, I do body painting class uh, on Evan Bright. Even Bright Platform, I have uh, this uh, body painting class for couples, what I already talked about earlier, painting with glowing paints. And I also have a body painting class on demand because people, besides that, how to advertise and marketing yourself, you need to know how to paint, with what to paint, what brushes to use and everything. Because sometimes like... Uh, you would maybe think body painting it's easy. Some people think like, oh, you can just splash something or I can um, like paint like a makeup or something. But when clients come to you, they can challenge you. There is no even great how much. They can say like, yeah, I want a purple dragon with a pig face sticking out of it. I don't know, like it could be anything. So, uh, you need to build your base. You need to know like techniques. Uh, you need, if you want to learn not only body painting, but also special effects, you need to know how to do scars or how to make this color pop. Like when you, when you paint it on the canvas, Michael, you know, like how many tricks we have. 
you need yeah. to apply gesso you need to apply this color after this color to make it pop to make it contrast and body art the same way but different because you're using different mediums paints are not as a peg for example if you paint with acrylics it would be like complete solid coverage in body paint if you will put white on top of the black it's not will be like super white you like when i do it i have specific how to say um timeline of application i would apply one color first to make it pop and i will apply second one so it's not muddy in the colors like i don't like since i paint on the canvas as well and i painted with watercolors i hate when it's not a vivid bright colors but it's like mud muddy in it is it the saying it mud you know what i mean what yeah. but when you're doing a color and it's grabbing under layer or something like this so um if you're learning first techniques and everything and try to paint as many people as possible first after there is you can start working with uh different clients personal clients or maybe productions will notice people and uh invite for productions as well and you mentioned materials which are so important so i actually have a question for you here so or maybe I should backtrack because when you were talking about all the different themes or, or types of body painting you could do, it reminded me of why I had started doing it. And it's because I wanted to extend my techniques and the expressive nature of my Open Wounds collection to people. I wanted to help other people expose their wounds. And so I would be very expressive and aggressive and gestural with the paint and I would ask them, what colors do you feel? What colors represent you? And we would work with some glow-in-the-dark colors, and we would work with some black light colors. And we kind of used it as a mode of kind of like art therapy, too, because I said, well, what words do you feel represent you? Or what do you want to pull out of yourself? And so we'd write words on them. So it was very abstract in nature, but it was like an extension of my painting. So, And that's what I loved about it. And we will get to social media in a minute because we'll talk about why I kind of pulled away from it. And I also want to hear more about what we were talking about earlier because you started to talk about social media. So we'll get to that. But uh, materials. So I know that you are not supposed to put acrylics on the body generally. It's not really good. It's not really safe. So body paints, those are, at least in my experience, they seem to be pretty hard to find on the market. Like I've tried to look them up. I've tried to find body paints in large quantities for an expressive style where I'm going to need a lot of paint. Are there brands out there that you would recommend or there are brands that have larger quantities? And I also want you to talk about your brush line because I know that you got your own line of body paint brushes. Um. So let, let, uh, let me talk about brush line first when I get out of the way. Like I got my brush line after, I'm sorry. <laughs> my dog is like so loud. Um, one second, one second. So the, yeah, the, the paint, I mean, that'd be kind of interesting because I, because you see those like horror like stories of someone putting like face paint on for like a, a football game or like a baseball game and it doesn't come mm -hmm. off. I know I've done that sometimes where you're just like... Well, so, and I have actually done that now. I did have a disclaimer and I did talk to the people that I worked with and I've done it to myself. So acrylics are not great for the skin. There's different things in them. You don't typically want to put them on. Now I have once or twice done it to myself, but it was for a very short period of time. I was aware of the risks. And so I made 
an educated decision for what I was doing. And in some cases, I would water them down significantly, too, so it would at least dilute the properties of it. But, yeah, generally, it's not something that you want to put on your skin. But let's get back to Lana's brush line, and then she can advise us on the right types of paints to put on the body. <laughs> okay. Um, about brush line, um, I had a brush line with Royal and Nickel, and it was very successful. It sold out. <laughs> so you wow. cannot find it anymore. Uh, people still have it. I picked uh they're not going to make more no it was a limited it wasn't limited edition it was actually pretty big but they all got sold out because it was a custom made set i picked like it was i think six brushes uh i still paint with them wow. <laughs> they have my name on it uh it's very beautiful um but you probably if you can find online my brush set you can just go to the same website and find by shape separate with brushes because I picked like very interesting brushes. It was very even brush for creating a hair. Michael, do you know this brush where it looks like almost like a fork? Have like oh, a yeah, yeah, brush. yes. Uh, I I loved it. I used it on a show. Uh, we've been sponsored. Uh, Skin Wars. Uh, where one of the sponsors were uh, Royal and Lanikel Royal Brush, and uh, we used their brushes. And I picked my absolute favorite, what I uh, used all the time. So about paints, um, there is not many brands um, online uh, who does body paints because um, people always like asking, is it safe? I use like only professional ones. Uh, my paints is very expensive, especially airbrush paint is probably this small one is like 60 bucks. Oh, wow. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm teaching about paints in my online class on demand. It's why I cannot <laughs> open up all information right away. Sure, like, sure. yeah, it's not very expensive class. You can check it on even bright Lana Chromium Studio. Um, so I, I just only one thing. I shouldn't be going to Home Depot and getting the heavy lead paint, though. <laughs> no, uh, it should be only paints um, that tested for skin. Why it's not many um, companies doing it, uh, people always thinking, uh, for example, uh, uh, maybe buy my, um, people like, I bought paints and they shown me and it's, they bought it um, at like Halloween store or uh, what's the store where is all the decorations and stuff. But you know like, what I'm talking about, like this Halloween Wait. set. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I don't use uh, makeup like this. My makeup have uh, more um, like a very good pigments and coverage like a real makeup. Um, I have water-based paints and I have a waterproof paints. Uh, my class, what I'm teaching online, it's about water-based paints. And uh, water-based paints, I think in the uh, life of body painter is like 80% of the work because not everybody wants waterproof all the time uh waterproof it stays good but it's harder to remove water-based you can remove it just with water and uh um about paints that you can find on internet you probably can research any what if it says it's tested for skin it's supposed to have a big reviewing. It's why they're pricey. It's why they are, um, you just need to put body paint and read about the company. 
and I, I was sponsored for many companies so i cannot single out just one company or say about it uh paint if you michael were looking for big amount of paint uh there is not such a big amount of paint in a industry if you like for example when i did uh you know um i worked with tim tadder and i worked for fujifilm project after when we've been like a dripping paint maybe you saw this right when it's like a paint covering the model yeah. dripping down you just need to buy expensive makeup uh times hundred and spend five thousand dollars on uh, supply but there is no um buckets of paint somebody is selling online that's not exist i heard from body painters who um like my husband for example he he paints for a long time since he's like 18 and he said like oh i remember like the gold paint used to be like yeah almost in the big buckets or something like this or like in a big amount now it's uh, it's a very competitive like because it's not so many brands um Pricing is very competitive and uh, usually very, very small amounts. Uh, yeah, like even a little, um, like if you will go to Amazon and look for body paint palettes, it's probably would be like 60 bucks just for smaller cakes and stuff. I prefer to buy my like yeah, in the bigger palettes so I can put a big brush inside of it because small one, you cannot even use it with uh, big brushes. Um, and sometimes you use a lot, sometimes some colors not, but white and black probably, um, I'm like endlessly restocking <laughs> both in like an airbrush paint, uh, airbrush paint is liquid or water-based paint. It's not liquid. It's more like, yeah, they called it cake. Uh, but it's, it's a round, uh, like a round palette. It's not greasy or anything. It's, it's a thin, like a yeah, makeup. Well, I can tell you that many of my past uh, body painting sessions were probably not OSHA approved. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> there, there was fair warning, though, and uh, I at least diluted the paints that I was using with water. I have purchased a number of body paints and sets, but uh, yeah, they are smaller quantities and there are limitations sometimes in the colors available. Or you may need to buy an entire set of colors. But quality of materials is very important because I address that a lot when I'm educating in regards to acrylics. Because some people will say, well, how come your acrylics look so bold and vibrant? And I say, well, what type are you using? And they'll be like, oh, well, I'm using Liquitex. Now, Liquitex is a great brand, but I can usually tell right away that they're using Liquitex Basics, which Liquitex Basics are the student grade. Yeah. And they're more cost effective, but it's because there's more filler in now, when you have higher quality pigment, less pigment, yeah. Yeah. And so um, what I tell people, if you're looking for high quality acrylics, the brands to use are Liquitex, not the basics, Golden, and then Nova Color is another favorite of mine. And Nova Color actually sells a bundle that I curated. I make no money off of it. <laughs> I just curated a set of colors that are colors that I like. So, I mean, if there's a, a testament to the quality of them, that should be it. I'm not making any money off of it. But I picked some colors that people can purchase if you want to just get started and, and play with them. That's cool. Yeah, I, I agree about art supplies. I have a theory about art supplies, like a very strong one. Um, like I have a daughter, she's 15 years old. And uh, you know, like uh, when for kids, 
she was very artistic and for kids always uh, everybody buying like cheapest art supplies you know like you i remember all childhood struggling painting with crayons like <laughs> i have all my fingers like it hurting and everything but it's always like with uh, not professional grade art supplies with which you're starting and i'm like why people like some people i bet like i bet some people gave up and say oh i cannot paint just go with the art supplies if everybody will start even like you want to try watercolor painting you want to try acrylic painting body painting start with expensive buy less colors but buy expensive brushes and buy expensive paint completely different feeling completely different coverage completely different blending I was buying for my daughter, like I was sharing my supplies all the time with her. I never was buying her separate, like three dollars uh, pencils, and I will be doing Prisma colors. I was like, no, use my Prisma colors. I don't care. Yeah, and she's like, she never was like, yeah, kind of. Oh, mom, like yeah, I didn't like this because it's like you know, like pencils. Even you compare, one will be pale like almost like no pigment on paper and prisma colors would be like good like a yeah, good solid coverage it's why i think like everybody even if you don't have money you start with smaller but use a good but what, what's the cost of it i mean because we've talked a lot we probably talked for like 10 minutes right here about like not giving the product giving the name giving any of that kind of stuff i mean what's the price i mean if someone's listening and they don't know anything about this i mean what's the you say expensive. What does that cost? What does that what should that look like? Mm. Well, I think you can get like one of the bundles. So I think that there's a couple bundles for the bundle that Nova Color says a sells of mine. I think that there's a four ounce bundle that's like something like twelve to sixteen colors, and then there's uh, sixteen ounce. I think that the four ounce is like a hundred and twenty ish dollars, and the sixteen ounce is closer to two fifty. But when you're talking about paint. It's very difficult to answer that question, Vinny, because when you're not talking about the basic colors, which are kind of all priced the same, yeah. it's priced by the pigment. So even if it's the same size, like four ounces, cobalt blue is going to cost a different amount than alizarin crimson. Like cobalt blue is a very expensive color. So when you're talking about quality pigments, those expensive pigments can really, really get up there. But like a starter pack, right? If you're saying, okay, I gotta get. I would get say get seven main colors, like seven rainbow colors okay. of any good brand. Like if it's acrylics, probably like a golden or Holbein. You agree, Michael? Yeah. yeah Not yeah, acrylics. Yeah. If it's oils, yes. If acrylics, I like this liquid acrylics. What you talked about, and like I, I had acrylics in my closet. Like really, you can compare two brands where like day and night. Like, I mean, you can buy this, yeah, like a student grade one, uh, Liquitex or something you're talking about. It will be like a translucent coverage. Yes. So uh, probably, I don't know, secure $100 and buy the less and mix the colors instead. Like start from the same primary, yeah. seven, seven primaries and learn how to mix, but you will have a good pigment coverage instead of, for example, you want a set of 24 colors because everything is pre-mixed, then you do not gonna learn how to mix it to variety. And also pigmentation and painting will be half uh, translucent showing your canvas and will look like, you know, like for some reason it's always looks like you put less effort, but you're not. You put yeah. exactly the same effort, 
but it will look different. It's so all seven, about goodness. So yeah. seven colors. Yeah. And two brushes, whatever. Probably you should be looking to spend two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars. Well, with the Nova color no. bundle, like for mine, for the more than that, a thousand, five hundred. No, probably for hundred dollars you can buy primary set and main many brushes and canvas. Right, Michael? You can for canvases you can go buy and discount in Michael's or Hobby Lobby. Even brushes sometimes they fifty off like yeah, in Hobby Lobby and Michael's. Paints they rarely yes on uh, um, but buy at least like yeah seven colors of whatever medium people want. I definitely recommend the buying the quality. And a lot of people listening are probably going to say, well, I'm just getting started. I'm not sure what I'm doing. I don't have a lot of money. But what I can tell you is that you will probably actually save money by doing this. And the reason is, is when you use stuff like the Liquitex Basics, as opposed to the regular Liquitex colors, you go through a lot more than you would with the quality paint. You can use like a 10th the amount of paint with the quality stuff that you would for the student grade. So you actually probably will save money. And same thing with the canvas. We were just talking about canvas and Lana mentioned Hobby Lobby and Michaels, but the same kind of goes for canvas. You're dealing with a lower quality canvas when you're buying those types of canvases. You can go get like a nice heavy cotton duct from a place like Blick, just a raw canvas, you can gesso it yourself. And that's going to be much more archival. And archival means that it's going to stand the test of time that's going to last. That in 50 years, it's not going to yellow or crack or deteriorate. The, the unknown scares people. I, I mean, I'm just telling you from like outside looking in, in any kind of thing, the unknown scares people. So when you guys are using the words expensive, things like that, if I heard that, right, I'd be like, okay, why am I even listening then, right? I mean, so having kind of a ballpark number, $100, $400, is a, is, a, is a goal that you can kind of focus on. Go, okay, every week I can put a, $50 aside, right? And then in eight weeks, I'll have $400, right? I mean, so having some kind of number, it gives people a goal to strive for. Okay. I think you're talking about like if somebody's starting, it's not yeah. like a level of the mic. Like Michael can run out out of supplies because he paints a lot. No, but not, Mike, not, one not Michael. Second. For person, this uh, set for hundred dollars, everything, even one, it's will last. It's will yeah, last. No, but it's like a parent listening right here. Maybe we have a, a parent listening for their kid, and they go, "I have no clue what to get my kid." Right? Okay, I need four hundred bucks or three hundred dollars, and I can I can basically make my kid dream reality. At least see if they're going to be good at artwork or whatever it is. You know, so it's giving them just kind of a goal to strive for, I guess. So let me help you out right here. The Michael Carini bundle, fourteen colors in one medium. The four ounce set is $107 and the 16 ounce set is $250. Now, as you can see, the 16 ounce, you're talking about four times as much, but you go from 107 to 250. So it's not four times as much, even though it's four times as much paint. So what happens a lot of times with art supplies and paints in particular is when you buy in larger volume, yeah. your costs go down. And the reason that I love Nova Color in particular is because Nova Color is factory direct based out of LA, meaning that you don't buy their stuff at a retail store. Like not to knock on retail stores, I buy a lot of stuff at retail stores, but because it's factory direct, you're essentially buying paint at wholesale prices that is professional grade here. So that's one of the cool things that I can help artists with is letting them know where to get supplies and where you can save a little bit of money. But when you think about like how the, I think minimum wage, I think my wife was telling me it's going to be going up to $20 an hour. So you're talking about 100 and 
whatever you said, 20 bucks, right, for the, the lower end thing, that's a day's, I mean, a day's worth of work, which is, I mean, not too, relatively too bad, I mean, to start to give a, your kid a chance. And so, I mean, I think it just gives people listening kind right, of like a more like palatable, that's not too expensive, I think. Um, no, what would you prefer? For example, you have a kid and you dedicate $50 and you buy exactly. good pencil set. No, like, I mean, okay. $50 and buy good pencil set and your kid is drawing and satisfied with it's ex um, how to say implementing exactly like supposed to or you will get for $50 you will get um, cheap pencils, cheap crayons uh, cheap markers and more variety mm -hmm. but your kid is drawing but everything more like it looks like a like a Kid supplies, like yeah, not uh, hard pigments and everything. I don't know, like uh, for some parents, maybe if your kid is not interested enough or you just want to like this for overall education, maybe it's okay. But I'm saying if if you want to, like you're interested to try, why to waste time? I agree. I agree with you. And it's just giving someone an idea of that, like a $30 set compared to a $130 set, right? You're giving your kids for an extra hundred bucks, give them the chance to actually try something good, right? Yeah. Which is, I think, it's doable. Also like, for most you, you can buy black and white for beginning, good ones, and yeah. let them try, like, a monochrome to paint. I don't know, like, yeah. you could be agree or not with it, but I think sometimes, like, uh, cheap supplies can discourage you in the beginning. Yeah. That's it. It could be just done but, for a process. But the thing is, is for like, if, if I didn't know anything about art, right. And I was looking right for my kid or something like that. Mm -hmm. and I saw an art set at like, a, I don't know, Walmart or something like that, right. At Target. And in my head, I would think to get a real art set, I keep on wearing the expensive. I'm about to pay $500, $600, $700. you get this art set. But knowing that it's, it's kind of palatable at $140 to get something good. I mean, it makes me go, I'm going to go go to Michael's. I'm going to go to these other places that you guys already talked about and pay a little extra, but to give my kid a quote. So it makes it just more palatable, I think, for most people listening that have no background in art. Well, and so Lana hit on a really good thing, too, because Lana mentioned that you can actually learn more or force yourself to learn more. Like if you only get a couple colors, you yeah. have to learn about color theory. You have to learn about color mixing. So by taking that route, you're putting yourself in a position to educate yourself, to learn about monochromes. And when it comes to paint or painting, what you really need is the paint. You don't necessarily need an easel. A lot of times I don't work on an easel. You can make your own easel. A yeah, lot of times you don't even need canvas. You could paint on paper. You could paint on a rock. You know, you can go outside, like right, I could go outside right now and I could grab a rock from across the street and I could paint, like you really can paint on anything. But you definitely need the paint and you need the brushes. So like, those are the key parts. So if you're like, Hey, well, you know, maybe I should get better quality paint and I may have to sacrifice on this for now, but you can absolutely make it work. Hey, this is a random question. Okay. For what's the best way of, uh, keeping your, um, uh, your, your brushes the longest. Is it like, so after you paint it, is it basically, what do you, what do you dip it in? What do you clean it with? Or, I mean, I always have that issue when I paint like stuff around my house. I'm just, I know it's different, but I'm just curious if like. It's funny um, that you mention that because I'm actually going to be working on a tutorial for that too, because the way to think about brushes is think of them like your hair, because that's what brushes are, they're hair. Yeah. 
So think about hair care. So just a very couple quick points is one, you want to make sure that when you're not using them, that you put them in the water, that you dab them, that you squeeze out all the excess paint. That alone is going to extend the life of them. You want to make sure that you don't get paint in the ferrule, which is that metal part, because that gets clunky in there. And that's kind of the beginning of the end of a brush. But if a brush does get damaged, if it starts to get stiff, a lot of times you can work through any obstacles you may have with just a little shampoo and conditioner because, again, they're hair. So I've done a couple tutorials on repairing brushes that seemed like they were way beyond salvageable. It, it is definitely possible to bring them back to life. Just think of them like hair. Yeah, I would say you never leave your brushes in the water face down because <laughs> they're going to go like this right away. <laughs> and I also know that for body painting brushes, um, I need to clean them right away because it's uh, um, oils on skin and stuff like this. Body paint is not like acrylic. For example, I, I'm i trying not to ever uh, use my because I use soft brushes for body painting. Even for um, acrylic, I use synthetic soft brushes, a little bit different kind, but still soft. Um, but uh, if I use for acrylic uh, brush and even clean it, it's become more stiffer compared to body paint. So I trying to keep them completely separate organizers. And I also learned not too long ago from if you want to keep a shape of the brush, you can apply um, Vaseline after you washed it and dry it already. And if your brush still is like this, if you're talking about painting brushes, probably painting, the, if you painted the walls brushes, you just need to throw them away. <laughs> or I don't know, like keep them, they're probably not even, but maybe use Vaseline too. But for small brushes, people using the Vaseline, they just shape them back after like this and put them to dry. All right, yeah, this you is can use a paper towel and that'll hold it in place too while it resets. Okay, I, 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 I usually actually put them down to uh, like I mean, I, I when I dry them, I put them uh, on the countertop, for example, then they're drying pretty nicely too. All right, I, I gotta get your perception on this on both of you guys. So, because and I don't know why, I, I'm guessing because the full body painting and that kind of stuff, but what's your perception? I mean, have you, I don't know if they have a lot on TikTok anymore, but I used to like get like swayed by these videos of people putting uh, makeup on. Like mm -hmm. I knew there was this guy or something like that. He was putting makeup on to look like women, but it was one of the mm -hmm. things like, it may look so real, like how close he would look. I mean, do you ever look at that stuff or how do you perceive that as, I'm guessing that's still art right there. And You're talking about drag makeup? Yeah, well not, it wasn't even drag makeup. I mean, I know it was a man, but dressed like, he put makeup on, but he would look like a woman because he would do like the lines. It took like an hour to make it look like different. I've seen women. When they go to the club, I right? think I think you're talking about uh, some people do uh, they paint celebrities on their yeah, faces. Yeah. Uh, it's more like an illusion makeup. Um, okay. um, you just try to replicate somebody's face features on yours and yours you hide in them. Oh. You hide in your eyebrows. Like for example, even for drug makeup, people hide in their eyebrows and they put eyebrows like way up yeah. higher so they have space for more eyeshadow. Um, it's uh, it's endless possibilities what you can do with body painting. You can really, it's why uh, you can transform yourself into any thing. <laughs> so, so body, the illusion makeup is under the um, body painting like umbrella, I guess, or is that like a different? Yes, thing? they use body paint as well for that. Like um, body paint, 
you know, there is a face painting exists. Face painting, yeah. you probably know it from kids' parties when it's a little designs on the face. If I will paint not a full model, but I will do only face, it's kind of allowed under body painting slash face painting slash creative makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of all from the same category, but not all people who does face painting or creative makeup do full body painting because full body it's completely different um i mean it, when you paint on the face it's a smaller area and you always know what you're working there body you incorporate in face as well but body is a body you need to work faster you need to apply completely with different brushes sometimes you need to use bigger brushes or airbrush so it's a kind of from the same category and if you would say like a special effects too because special effects involve body painting mm-hmm. yeah and makeup art is so interesting too because it, I, I mean it really is an art and so i think that you can kind of there's the spectrum of there's makeup art there's special effects there's body painting but it seems like there's more and more opportunities opening up for people with interest in these areas. So, you know, maybe you're somebody that you're, maybe you're in high school right now and you're just really into doing makeup. There are avenues in the arts that could be opened up to you. And there are a number of career paths and fields. And the other thing that I did want to get into before we have to part is uh, talking a little bit about social media and how you promote what you do because it is so different and because it is temporary. And I, I did want to hear a little bit more of if you run into the obstacle of sometimes getting flagged or having things pulled, because one of the reasons that I pulled away from doing the body painting is because I was really enjoying doing it. I was looking at it like an entire series of works. It's like I have my paintings and then I have my human canvas series where I just paint on people and I bring in people uh, that, you know, and and pull their feelings out of them and help navigate that. And we just do a little photo shoot, but I kept getting flagged and sometimes suspended on social media. And because this is how I make my living, I had to finally say, you know, I'm going to keep doing these shoots, but I just can't post them here. Or at least I can't post them on Facebook and Instagram anymore because I'm monetized and this is how I make my living. And if I'm going to get punished and flagged and suspended, that's going to hurt my ability to, to make my living. And this is how you make your living. Um, everything what you just mentioned, it's all applies to me. Uh, I do social media a long time. <clears throat> Instagram probably, I don't know, since what year. Um, I'm sorry, I need to get my puppy. And uh, um, I would say social media when years ago was completely different i um when i paint on the people um my models always wear bottoms they always have uh, tongues or shorts on and i always use uh, pasties to cover the nipples and uh it's not like i was like uh, putting on social media completely naked person painted no it was always kind of a part of the profession when we did on skin wars on the TV show, um, we apply the same, um, like we had the pasties on models and we had the bottoms. So I was doing the same on the social media and everything was okay. Instagram was okay, Facebook was okay. I never got flagged. One time I got flagged for my watercolor painting actually, when I painted the uh, uh, nude uh, Yo Lane, but it was painted in watercolors 
and I got reported and I was like, oh my God, what's going on? <laughs> and uh, after years passed, probably uh, last four years, uh, Instagram and Facebook become more crazy about body painting. Like, I mean, like you could be something flagged. It was never like for me, like, oh, your account is banned or your video is removed. Uh, no, this wasn't like this. Um, I realized that maybe some of the videos were recorded. I still not understanding how and why, because, um, for example, I told you, I, I first I started not to post like full bodies, for example, to Instagram on Facebook for some time. I would be doing the videos that is like <clears throat> just satisfying process, like very clo close up to the face or arm. And algorithm was finding the same. The same was showing me like your account showing only to your followers. Uh, we cannot show your uh, to anybody else. And I'm like, why? I'm trying to like uh, reach out to support or whatever uh, that is not possible to reach out. I yep. started getting monetized by reels. Uh, I would monetize, monetize, and something like you can't monetize anymore uh they'll pop up and i'm like why and like a video showing nothing like ear <laughs> painting with gold yeah so i still didn't figure out what's happened but i know it's a very big thing because i know many body painters completely gave up on uh, instagram uh and uh facebook platform i have also a patreon when uh, people subscribing and they uh, can see <laughs> behind the scenes uh photo shoots my personal work because uh, many times i cannot uh when i work for productions or work for private clients i cannot share um because when when you part of the big projects you need to wait uh like sometimes a year to show even behind the scenes sometimes it's a non-disclosure and it's not just because it's involved any nudity it's just more about the rights you know like yeah. if they want this to be seen only on their platform so i still didn't figure out why instagram do that uh, sometimes my reels monetizing sometimes not i'm not relying on the monetization um my <clears throat> i'm relying more on having customers and work with productions mm -hmm. Yeah, and I had to do. I had to start shifting my body painting shoots strictly to OnlyFans. So I post my. I've, I have actually recently just shifted all the photo shoots that I couldn't post before, the ones that got pulled or flagged, and now I post those on OnlyFans because it's the only safe platform that I've found where I can post those shoots. But yeah, I won't even post them on Instagram or Facebook. Why, I why not Patreon? Well, I had to make a decision if I wanted to do uh, that platform or if I wanted to do OnlyFans, and I just ultimately decided because I heard, I heard that uh, Patreon was also getting a little more stringent in what they would allow. So I just decided that the safest route to go was for OnlyFans, and so that's where I've been posting all of those photo shoots these days. And sometimes I'll post a little thing on my story, but I'll like draw shorts over it. <laughs> Or I'll like make sure that it, there's like no skin showing. And even though there's like zero skin showing, I will still get notifications of how that post can't be monetized because it violates the monetization rules. Did and you I, figure out why? No, because see, see, Vinny, it's not just me. There's 
and in some cases nothing sexual sometimes there's less skin showing than there would be sh somebody at a beach just i around. i was going <clears throat> crazy about it i'm like for example i was very <clears throat> i'm sorry posting a lot on tiktok I got probably 50,000 people joining me last year on TikTok and I was posting a lot. And TikTok was more crazy than Instagram. Like on TikTok, even like you post in a video and if there is not a, how to say, like full coverage, like top, like pasties doesn't count. Like you need to have like a full, like a swimsuit on to post a video. Otherwise, it's just thinking and never like it goes uh, visible to other people. <clears throat> so I'm trying to do more caution and do like a <clears throat> not much showing like a waist up areas or whatever. Because sometimes I post like I never posted anything what's really open. Like yeah. it was always covered by paint and by rules. If it's covered by paint, it's already coverage. It's the same like I have a paste on, I have a paint on and I don't know what. And uh, TikTok was going crazy about it. Now, not. Now, I don't know what's changed. Now, I'm posting any already like, okay, I post. I will try to post. I'm posting anything. Do not care. It's like switched algorithm or something. Instagram was totally fine about posting body art for years. It was popular and everything. Now, we're going like a super, like looking at everything, what you just did, what you just posted. But I didn't even post anything what goes against. And it's still going and still, maybe it's a just, uh, it will pass again. I don't know. I'm trying not to give this my energy anymore because I'm not relying much on the monetization of my reels. And now trying to post actually not only reels. I used to be only videos, videos. Now it's like photos too. And uh, I think maybe because of the reels was implemented and they adjusted very strict policy on it. But I do not see how this policy even applied to what I'm posting. Maybe it's a triggered by hashtag. I don't know. Maybe body art is a banned hashtag. How I know about it? Yeah, I, I know. don't know. It's funny, though, because I see certain people, and I'm not calling anybody out here, but I see certain people posting certain types of content, some that's very provocative. Yes, and that's why so I'm like, look at this, and it's nothing banned. Uh, that is, I can give you a lot like not on tiktok it was somebody dancing in bikini where is like coverage is like with yeah. or even uh, instagram when people can post almost i don't know why maybe people are reporting maybe not but i never like i never had any haters or people reporting me i never had any bad comments about it I think it's just maybe temporary and it will go good again. It's just trying to deal with it as it goes. Now TikTok for some reason not strict anymore, <laughs> like at least how I see. But TikTok also uh, not growing as fast like it used to be as well. I have had a really hard time growing there. I am so it's good to know though that TikTok is more open because I had heard TikTok was really strict about that. So it, it was maybe it will start again, uh, but used to be very strict and grow was like this. Now not seems like not strict. They still sometimes like process your videos and really analyze, but um, uh, but grow on TikTok right now is not as easy as it was uh, previous years. Probably also, you know how Instagram went from like super easy growing platform 
to yeah. you need to pay for every step and maybe TikTok um, will be the same, you know? Maybe we'll they have to, we'll to finish this conversation another time. I know we've hit our time. Uh, Lana, for people listening, what's the best way of them getting more information about you? Um, you guys can find me on, everywhere on the internet and on social media. My name is Lana Chromium. You can see on the screen how it spells. My website is lanachromium.com. And I'm everywhere on the TikTok, Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. I also had a series of uh, One Day with Body Painter. If you want to see, uh, I have many videos on YouTube. I always post in every day on the TikTok and everywhere. So I hope you will join and you will see my creative journey as well. Yeah, you got to check out her work. You got to see some of the illusion work she's done. And you can also check out her shows. So see where you can watch Skin Wars. It's on Hulu right now, definitely. Yeah. There you go. Well, thank you for joining us, Lana. I, I loved having you here. Like, I got really into this conversation, and there's a million other things I'd love to talk about. So, we would love to have you back sometime in the future. Thank you for having me. If you have any more questions, want to invite me. Like, it was a really interesting conversation, especially about AI and our stuff and expensive supplies. <laughs> Maybe next time we can go deep into that. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe. Go find Lana. And uh, yeah, share it with your, your family and friends. Thanks for listening to the Art for Everyone podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with your hosts, check them out on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.